If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 225. This is our 2022 BMW Championship and D plus D Real Checkmasters Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting systems website with our in-depth betting previews, tournament form statistics. We've got form charts including combined course and current form combined. And our PGA Tour and DP World Tour predictive optimizers. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no paywall. It's golf betting system. We're available on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Plus, you can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast, so we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Just keep them coming. We've uh, they're, they're so important just to keep the uh, the podcast momentum going. So every five star review you leave on iTunes or on just by clicking the five star button on Spotify is so important, right? We've got one here, absolutely cracking five stars. Golf Betting System is one of the best golf betting podcasts out there. A bunch of top blokes giving out excellent tips and advice. Always insightful and a smashing time. And that is from Brian Kirshner. And Brian is in the US of A. Brian is actually the host of the Tap In Birdie podcast, which is well worth a listen. Brian, thank you for your time on that and your very positive comments. It's uh, much appreciated. Yeah, cheers, Brian. Yeah, and Brian's well worth a follow on Twitter as well if you uh, if you use that. Um, yeah, thanks for your comments. He always seems to be playing golf. <laughs> Tough I, I want his lifestyle. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what we should have been trying to do. Mm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of rare things this week, chaps. Go on. Firstly, it rained last night in the UK. I think for the first time in about two months. It's absolutely hammering down here at the moment. Hopefully, you can't hear it over the uh, over the speaker. We can't hear it. Paul is in the Channel Islands for listeners. He's still on uh, still on his well a working vacation, should we call it? He was moaning about the price of English products in the Channel Islands <laughs> earlier. You haven't seen hyperinflation until you've gone to Guernsey and Jersey. Oh, don't. Yeah. 
Uh, and also, Will Zalatoris won his first ever PGA Tour event, and boy, was it hard work. Where did that form come from, from Sepp Stracker? Because I think his form in was like 13 missed cuts on the trot. <laughs> just a string of miscuts, wasn't it? But uh, he, he pushed it very close. Congratulations to yourself, Steve, for picking up Zalatoris's first win. Um, always nice to pick a player up when they, uh, they get that breakthrough. But uh, but yeah, they, well, I, I didn't I didn't watch it. All I've watched back are the, uh, the the kind of the highlights and the, the snippets that are out there on social media. But uh, it looks like it was incredibly hard work. But he found the putt. Or he found the putts, didn't he? Right at the uh, the critical points of that. that yeah. Thing. When you looked into his history, you, you know, I mean, Will Zalatoris is an amazingly bad putter, but you could see that he'd actually putted quite positively on champion Bermuda grass in the past. Mm. Um, and then change of caddy as well. And it was interesting to note that um, after day one, which was a complete and utter um, disaster for Zalatoris, um, I think he, he, was, he kept hitting it in bunkers and missing putts, he said that uh, he got the new caddy to start reading his putts for him. <laughs> and lo and behold, started making plenty. So it could be a, a strong, formidable partnership if that's going to be the, the way things go. Because the other thing, well, he went to Wake Forest, he? which is you know down in that kind of area. It's all in that kind of Tennessee, Carolina latitude of America. You could just just looking at where he'd played. He'd done well at Jackson. He'd played well at Memphis the year before when it was the WGC. You could kind of just piece together that he was comfortable with all that agronomy in those parts. Mm. You know, the heat, the humidity. It's a, it's a tough old gig around there. You know, when it's you know, 35, 38, 39 degrees Celsius most days. And you have to say, he certainly had the crowd on his side. I did feel a little bit for Seb Stracker. Because no one wanted Seb Stracker to win that playoff whatsoever. Well, certainly no one in the uh, the social media golf sphere. It's no. like the, the world and his wife were on uh, Zalatoris last week. So yeah, quite huge right. community win, wasn't it for for the golf? Uh... <laughs> the way Stracker played that playoff hole, you think he didn't want to win it either. <laughs> the third one. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, That's just such an unfortunate push. <laughs> Like, there's no way he was, he should have been, I mean, if he was heading straight at the pin, but my God, just straight to the middle of the green, so much space to hit. Stracker's standing there on that tee, all he's got to do is hit the ball on the green. He's won that tournament. 55, 60 foot away, was totally fine. Middle, middle. And he bangs it pretty much in the same spot as Zalatoris did, but it rolled back into the water. It was a crazy playoff. I mean, on the on the whole, before Zalatoris came within about what a couple of feet of going OB, mm. mad mad play. But these these are the little breaks that you kind of need to go for you to to finally get that win. He's had a few things go kind of cruelly against him, or just players playing out of their skin. So you know the the luck went his way this time, and yeah, it was a great win, well deserved. He's played unbelievable the last whatever eighteen months, two years. I think Will Zalatoris will win majors. I mean, that's fairly obvious. 
In a way, the PGA Tour kind of works against him because so many of the PGA Tour events are 23, 25 under par winning scores, and that isn't Will Zalatoris. No. He wants a good, tough, mid-score and more technical scoring total to get the tournament won. And actually, that this course suited him because once they once the rains had cleared through and the course started to get its usual firmness and speed, all of a sudden people couldn't shoot sixty threes and sixty twos on Sunday. Yeah, and he was already ensconced at the top of the leaderboard there, so that played into his hands. The fact that fifteen under won it. That's why for yeah. me, you know, he's he's pretty much a must back in majors, especially at the price you're getting. Well, what you was getting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be found. His, his major record is um, so impressive, uh, you know, for the few majors that he's played. And as you say, you know, you put him on a put him on a tricky test, and he can uh, he can come to the fore. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know he was one that we we're all looking out for at majors anyway. So it's not going to be news to to anyone to keep an eye on him, I guess. But um, now he's got that monkey off his back. See where he goes from here. I did say in the last podcast I felt a win was near and it needed a concrete block kind of job and that's uh, that's what delivered it in the end. Um, let's hope we can crack on and get another few before the end of the year. Great pick, Steve. Really good. You're Thank you're you. some man for getting the maiden uh, victors. That's is that two this year now with Zalatoris and Scheffler? You got their first wins. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember going way back, and this was a risk. This is back in the. I got Jimmy Walker's first ever win, which doesn't sound a lot going back, but back then he was a choker. He was this. He was never good enough to win a, a PGA Tour event. He did go on to win a major, um, and I think I landed him at Cordival, thirty to one. That was his first ever PGA Tour event. So yeah, I, I quite like it. it. Gives you. It's quite good to get players' first victories, I find. There was one on the uh, DP World Tour as well. And, I mean, you can't say this guy hasn't been trending. Loves a fast start in a tournament. Ewan Ferguson? Yeah, well, he'd won earlier in the year, hadn't he? But, um, yeah, it's... Um, I, I'm disappointed, really. I mean, I know we didn't do the pod last week, but um, I stared at Ewan Ferguson for a long, long time last week, putting my preview together, and... The tw- it was tw- between 20 and 22 to 1 and I, I just couldn't stomach it I'd put him up I forget where it was two or three weeks before um, and he missed the cut and um, you know this, you kind of get a bit wary of that and I backed him at 80 to 1 that week um, to see him at 20 to 1 or thereabouts um, I just couldn't stomach it yet he ticked so many of the boxes last week uh, and then you know it's so frustrating to sit there and watch that player that you really don't want to win because of the because of the stance that you've taken on him, and um, yeah, started off with a sixty-one, and uh, it, it didn't need to do much more than that because it's a tricky test round there, and uh, you know, it just needed to kind of maintain and slowly push on his score from where he was, and did it. Two-time, uh, two-time DP World Tour winner this season now, and uh, yeah, onto bigger and brighter things I expect for you and Ferguson, talented boy. Hmm. But yeah, I had a couple. I had a halfway point. I had a couple who were both sitting in the top ten, and then Saturday was just a, just gruesome. Managed managed to get the get the football on the TV here with a yeah, with a dodgy VPN. So that 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 pleased me for a while uh, until until they lost. Uh, and then uh, yeah, then checking the golf leaderboard, and both my players shot five over on Saturday. So it was um, 
Yeah. Five oh, over. Really. Jesus. <laughs> that extinguishes any kind of hope. Uh, it does, yeah. Yeah. And you start Nasty. thinking about the next week. Your post-it note of doom, you need to start one like I've got. As Go go for a great big uh, rectangular post-it note so you can fit more <sighs> names on there. The problem is the DP World Tour players are so flaky, aren't they, in, in comparison to, to many of the, the PGA mm. Tour players. And that's why they play at that level. And, you know, a player who plays well one week has an absolute disaster the next and, and vice versa. It's, uh, it's a lot of variance, but um, yeah, we keep plugging away. Headline this week has to be the BMW Championship, second led leg of the FedEx Cup. Will Zalatoris now leads the FedEx Cup, by the way. I don't know if they played... I think they've played with the points system. They're giving more to these winners in the um, playoffs. That must be That must be what's happening. Because Will Zalatoris jumped, I think, from 11th to 1st, something like that, with that win. Which makes it more exciting. It also makes it more exciting when it comes to getting in the top 30 for East Lake next week. Which, um, no, that's the, I mean, fair play to Seb Stracker. I know he didn't win the tournament, but um, that second place finish last week vaulted Seb Stracker up to eighth in the FedEx Cup. Mm. So you think about that. Not only is he going to get a pot full of cash at the end of the season, but he's also going to get entries. He was already a PGA Tour. Uh, let me think this through. No, because he he won the uh, Honda Classic, didn't he? So he he's now going to get an entry into the Masters next year, the US Open and the Open Championship. From being top thirty, or just from winning? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's the playoff format. I think I think people underplay the huge deal that getting in the top thirty of the Tour Championship actually is to a player's career. I'm not talking about you, elite players. Yeah. I'm talking about players sub elite. Um, you know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty strong stuff. I mean, Brian Harmon's jumped to 23rd at the moment. JT Poston, 24. Uh, uh, Tom Kim, see, I got it right. Tom King's at 25. Davis Riley, 26. Sahit Tigala, 27. KK squeezed in at 28. Corey Connors, 29. And at the moment, on the bubble... You talk about five over. This guy, this guy shot, I think, five or seven over on Sunday. JJ Spawn, mm. who was leading going into Sunday in Southwind, he's at thirtieth. What players would do to stay in that top thirty, just for a career kind of perspective, is um, pretty amazing. Just outside, you've got Aaron Wise, Maverick McNeely. KH Lee Lucas Glover, who jumped 87 spots last week to 34th from 121st. Denny McCarthy, 35th. I thought it was funny. Denny McCarthy, I back him twice. He goes on the post-it note of doom. And then, of course, you look at the leaderboard on uh, Friday morning when I'm on holiday. And all of a sudden, Denny McCarthy's in the top three. <laughs> funny. Seamus Power, 36 Shane Lowry, 37. So they're both outside the Tour Championship right now. Plenty to play for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of jostling to come. 68 players are playing this week. Tommy Fleetwood and Cam Smith, who looks like he's LIV bound. 
non-starters. So it's a short field of 68, which I think really does make the following uh, bookmaker offers very, very attractive. There's a couple of bookmakers offering eight places each way on the short 68-man field this week at the BMW. Boyle Sports are offering eight places each way at a fifth. The odds terms as standard. They've offered the most additional each way places across 2022 and are a must for any golf punter. We have specific UK and Island of Ireland promotions available for new customers on the Golf Betting System website. And then we've been mentioning this for a few weeks now. A couple, um, I think, did I, all of my tips went up with Bet365 each way extra. Is that right, Paul? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yep. Yeah, good prices. Exactly. Great prices, and um, it gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places when you are betting pre-event on the BMW Championship to win outright market. I have used the eight places each way at 50 odds market specifically. I'm looking at the actual each way extra product right now. They also have an each way one to f uh, one to three market 50 odds where you're getting players like John Rahm, for example. You can back John Rahm each way at 16 to one right now if you go for that one to three places market. You can also go as high as 12 places each way. That is a ninth mm. of the odds. So there's there's a multitude of different options with each way extra. We recommend Bet365 if you're 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current Bet £10, get £50 in free bets, new customer promotion. Plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. So yeah, for me... 365 and Boyle Sports leading the way this week at the BMW Championship. We've got a new venue this week, chaps. Um, I'll get this out there straight away because I expect it'll be the fact of the week. Justin Thomas played here at the 23rd... Would it have been the 2012 Walker Cup? It was something. Yeah, it was around them. Pardon? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was certainly around that time, wasn't it? He scored three and a half from four points available on this golf course. In a team that also included another player that's on my post-it note of doom, Patrick Rogers. I get so many tweets now about my post-it note of doom. It's quite funny. Um... <laughs> But apart from that, this golf course just hasn't seen any professional action whatsoever. So really, we are guessing uh, at what... It was the 2013 Walker Cup. Justin Thomas earned three and a half points from four matches played in a Team USA landslide over Andrew Coulthard's Team Europe. It's the Wilmington Country Club. They're actually playing the South Course. It's in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Mid-Atlantic we're, we're talking about here. It's kind of set between uh, Philadelphia and Baltimore on the East Coast. It's a long golf course, 7,534 yards. With modern golf, I don't think that tends to mean a lot now. 
to par 71, we're dealing with three par fives. This is um, the agronomy. The agronomy is completely changed from where we were last week in Tennessee, which I do think is worthy of note. Bent grass fairways. We've got tall fescue with bluegrass rough, four inches. We've also got tie E bent grass greens. So bent grass greens. We move away from Bermuda grass, back to the bent. Now this was a this was a number that really grabbed my attention. The green size is eight thousand one hundred square feet. Now they are massive. That's ma Those are massive greens. They're they're at least double the size of somewhere like a colonial. Yep. The only greens in my mind that come anywhere near to that size and which are actually bigger are Kapalua where they play the Hyundai, not the Hyundai, it's the Century Tournament of Champions, first event of the year. Yeah. They're eight, nine, I believe. Huge greens, huge, huge yeah. greens. It's kind of in keeping with a, a relatively long course. Um, I guess it's set up mainly for the the tourist trade by the, by the sounds of it. Um, a, a longer course with massive greens so that you can uh, you can still make a score if you're... You know, not quite as accurate as the pros are likely to be this week. I asked you, you guys yesterday what kind of course you thought it reminded you of. It, it nothing really jumped to front of mind when I was looking through it. But then I went for the obvious touch of actually looking at Kays Valley last year, and Kays Valley and this do look very, very similar. The only difference is that was a seventy-two. This is a seventy-one. So we can take four strokes straight off. Um, they had four par fives. They were all reachable at Kays Valley. As you remember, 27 under won that last year. Mm. This year, t we've got uh, three par fives. Two of them are quite long. One's 634 the 12th and one's 649 the 14th. Even these days, they're pretty much reachable to the longer players. You know, they'll be getting it on or around or in the neck of the greens even at 6.34 if they're hitting fairways. This was the number that really grabbed me, though. It's rare that you see five par fours at sub 430 yards on the PGA Tour. But here you've got the 4th, the 6th, the 11th, the 16th, and the 17th that are all... Uh, 413, 391, 430, 393, 419. They move tees around. I reckon two or three of those a day are going to be drivable. You know, you can see Rory ripping one 400 yards and just literally chipping it onto the green for two on some of those yeah. holes. And you'd expect a bit of balance after last week because it was, it was a fair challenge last week, wasn't it? So something that's um, set up a little bit easier, a little bit more scorable. And as you say, they've got a, a, adjustments they can make to these teeing areas that should make some of the some of the par fours. But some of those long par fives, I expect they'll move the tees forward on one or two of the days as well to make them more attackable for most of the field. Yeah. The BMW used to be played every year at Cog Hill mm. up in Illinois, and that was a tough, claustrophobic golf course. And you had some cracking winners around there, Dustin Johnson and the like. Um, but the, the smaller hitters could contend around there as well. But it's the Western Golf Association have always organised this. And now that they take it to different venues across the Midwest and the Mid-Atlantic, 
22, 23, 23, 20, 25 and 27 under par have been six of the last seven BMW renewals. I think this week's going to be exactly the same. I think it's going to be... I'd I'd be amazed if it, if it was anything tougher than minus 19 under par wins this. Yeah, it doesn't sound it. I just think they're going to rip it to shreds, mate. There's no wind in the forecast and it's there's been a little bit of rain recently. There's rain 60% chance over the weekend that might soften it again. I genuinely think this is going to be a proper, proper birdie fest. And the PGA Tour, that's what they want, isn't it? Especially with this FedEx Cup movement and the top 30. They want birdies. They, they, they want players up and down, up and down. Scoring lots of birdies, and oh, all of a sudden he's in twenty ninth spot, on the, and then oh, he's in thirty second spot, and all this malarkey going on. Anyway, we're we're not too fussed about that. We just want to find the winner eventually, or, or some each, each way return. So, um, the golf course for me, <coughs> main takeouts, bent grass greens, long. Um, it's going to be very very scorable. Uh, BMW Championship winning prices recently. Cantlay was a 25 to 1 steal last year, which looking back was a cracking price. Naturally, I had Bryson DeChambeau, who somehow managed not to win that tournament. I think DeChambeau was 28. But you do get this kind of feast or famine. Ram won at 10 to 1 in 2020. JT won at 16s. Keegan Bradley was an and you know, bit of an abnormality at one hundred and forty to one. Then you had Leishman at forty fives. I was on him that year. Dustin Johnson at tens, and Justin Davis for fifteen to two chance. So anything sub ten, anything sub sixteen to one is well in play this week. You could scrag something above twenty five to one winning it as well. Just looking at looking at the history of this. Mm. And the bookmakers haven't got a Scooby Doo. Let's be frank. This 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 market this week just reminded me of the twenty twenty two Masters back in April. Just so yeah, well, lo- many lot of players, the so many players, all sub twenty to one. Yeah, a lot of the majors have been like that, where you've got eight, ten, twelve players that's uh, uh, you know, very very difficult to try and uh, try and distinguish between. Because there isn't much to distinguish distinguish between them in no. terms of their form or their, particularly when you go into a new course like this where there's no obvious course form that you can really apply to the to the logic. It's um, yeah, it's more of a, a guessing game in that respect. If you take all this live fiasco away from golf, the PGA Tour this year and just golf in general at the highest level, I think it's been probably the best year we've had for a long, long time with ten. 15 players of such a good quality going into majors and the big tournaments all with pretty even chances of winning it. Yep. Yeah. Halicon days in a way with the strength of the fields that we're getting and and the quality of those fields and and plenty of youngsters. I said it in my preview. There are four rookies this season with a chance of going to the Tour Championship. Now that just shows you the quality that is coming through. I mean, it does show you the likes of Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, who are perennial Tour Championship players, have moved away. But it also shows you just the the, the quality that's coming through. Your Davis Rileys, your Tom Kims, your 
Sahith Tagalas. There's some real pr- proper players coming through. McElroy is the favourite. Um, you can get 11 to 1. You've then got a pack, really. Ram and Cantley at 14s. Fitzpatrick, Thomas, Zalatoris, and Terminator Female at 16 to 1. I tell you what, if you'd have said to me at the start of 2022, you're going to get Tony Finau being priced up alongside the likes of Justin Thomas and, you know, very, very close to John Rahm, I'd tell you you were crazy. That's where he is. But it's happening. Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, is at 18 to 1. You've then got Xander, 20s. Morikawa 22s and then the likes of Sam Burns and Sung J Im who's on a tear at 25 to 1. Cam Young's being backed outside. I can see why Cam Young's being backed outside. He was second for T to Green last week when I was on him and I think mm-hmm. he was third worst for putting out of the 122 man field. A quick question. Yeah, Cam Young and Bermuda Greens he's not gone Bermuda this week. He's in my head, so please help me. Is he crap at Bermuda and good on not Bermuda? Well, to be fair, you can't find a weakness. He's finished third at like um, the RBC Heritage. And actually, his breakout was uh, at the Country Club of Jackson last, last year. So he can putt on both. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he went, he went to a private school on the outskirts of New York City, didn't he? So, you know, bent grass and bent poa is going to be his bread and butter. That settles it then. There's my first pick. Mm. <laughs> Don't blame him. Yeah, well, if he putts well, then yeah. Can, you know, given, given what we saw last week from the stats, then he could go close, couldn't he? The... His association with Will Zalatoris is very close, and for him to see Will win, that's going to be a huge spur. Was there a huge Ferrari last week? Because I was on holiday and I basically switched my phone off. There was no Twitter, there was nothing. Um, did, was there a Ferrari about Young going to live? Didn't hear Is that thing. all rumour, speculation, and Twitter BS? Did you see anything about that? No, not, nothing Nothing popped past me, but I wasn't super engaged with golf over the weekend other than my own crap attempts at playing. Here are my thoughts. I think Young's a cracking bet. But you just look at the winners here and you just look at the history of this going back just the three years, isn't it, with this three-legged playoffs. We've had JT win this. He then went as number one to the Tour Championship and got beat by Rory McIlroy, who was on fire. 2020, DJ won the Northern Trust by 11 shots in Boston. John Rahm then went head-to-head with him in Chicago at this event and won in a playoff. But DJ still went to Eastlake as number one. Rahm was ranked two and DJ held him off uh, at East Lake for the Tour Championship and, the, and the, the 10 million cojones. And then last year, we had Patrick Cantlay, who uh, had won two times on the PGA Tour that season. He, I think he finished in the top 11 or 12 at Northern Trust, came here and went head-to-head went head to head with DeChambeau, who was in very similar form. 
And then Cantley really did show some bluster, didn't he? All of a sudden, he's holding everything and he wins the Tour Championship going into the Tour Championship ranked as the number one player. So, apart from DJ, who'd won the Northern Trust, the winner this week is likely to be number one in the FedEx Cup standings going into the Tour Championship. And that just shows you the gravitas of this. You're dealing with proper, proper elite players, in my view, that will ultimately win this and will be either first or second going to East Lake with that big chance of winning the whole thing. So that kind of framed me. I thought to myself, I want two super elites at the top and then I'll, I'll bang in a couple of each way punts lower down. And that's where I frame this. I am not John Rahm's biggest fan, never have been, think he's always overpriced. Um, don't really rate him at majors, although he has won a US Open, even though that was on his favourite course, a course that he dominates at Torrey Pines. But I have to say, when you look at what Rahm's done this year, been very, very quiet, and we've seen this over the year. We saw this with Rory when he won it in 2019, the whole thing. Very quiet year, and then all of a sudden... Momentum, find something, bang, bang, wins the FedEx Cup. I think this year is going to be Ram potentially. So I'm on Ram. 14 to 1, I got um, eight places each way on the each way extra. We bet 365. He's 12 to 1 on that now. Um, you can get 16s if you want to go for that crazy three places each way market. But yeah, Ram. You know me. I, I am not a Ram fan, but it was just the way the putter warmed up at Southwind. I've, list, I've listed the numbers on my preview, which I've put a link through into the podcast description. It was it, his strokes game putting numbers. Bearing in mind, he shot 67, 69, 67, 66. But his strokes game putting numbers were 92nd, 88th, Friday, Saturday. He then went 44th on Saturday. And then on Sunday, lo and behold, putter. He was the sixth best putter on the Sunday. Now, if he keeps that momentum going, and we've seen with John Rahm, he's such a momentum player, it's unbelievable. He tends to win when he's had a fantastic Sunday, the outing before, or, in the case of the US Open, he was six shots clear at the Memorial and then caught COVID. And then he went to the Major the next uh, a fortnight later and won that. He is a proper momentum player. So I'm on Rahm. His, his, his driving and his approach play were... Stand, his driving has never left him. It was the approach play, and, and we know the putting's been... He says that the putting hasn't been poor, but it has been poor for him. Um, it seems to have warmed. And I, I've, I said this a couple of weeks ago in another... Um, it was uh, for the Rocket Mortgage. I said at the time, when you look at our predictor model numbers, when you look at elites in resort scoring tests, which I think this is going to be, and what I mean by that is low scoring tests, John Rahm is number one over the last five years. He loves these lower scoring events where eagles and birdies are at a premium. So I'm on Rahm. It's not an exciting bet, but 14 to one, I went on Rahm. And the other one, Colin Morikawa does feel like the left-out elite recently. And he hasn't had a great year. We know that. And when we say he hasn't had a great win a year, he hasn't won, which for a guy of his quality, bear in mind, this is only, what would this be? 1920, this is only his fourth real season on the PGA Tour. 
he's had a disappointing year for him, which is second at the CJ Cup, second at the Genesis Invitational, fifth at the Masters. He's had a crap year, really, hasn't he? But he hasn't won. But then you look at his last two last two US outings. Forget about the Scottish Open, Mr. Cup. Forget about the Open Championship, Mr. Cup, when defending. But his last two US Open outings, he's finished fifth at a US Open and he finished fifth last week at Southwind. Now, that doesn't shout a player that's struggling. It actually suggests a player that's getting stronger. So... I'm on Morikara as well. I went for the eight places option on Morikara with Bet365. So I took 22 to 1 on Morikara. There was some opening 28 to 1 available on Colin Morikara. That's long gone. It's all Mm. 22s across the board now. He's the sort, again, like Ram. It's almost like a little bit like Cantley last year. You'll just be like... Jesus Christ, Colin Morikawa's at the top of the leading board and I'm not on him. And when you just kind of scrape away a little bit of the dust off of the... Oh, his recent form's got quite a few miscuts and then you go, oh, well, he's fifth at the US Open and, oh, he was fifth last week. So, yeah, I'm on Morikawa as well. But, yeah, Cam Young, he'd probably have been... If I hadn't have gone for this strategy of two short prices at the top, he'd probably be in, he'd be my third man in. Just because I'm I'm FOMO on Cam Young because I've been backing him for weeks and months and haven't actually scragged the win yet. Now is my time oh, yeah. to strike. <laughs> you're in trouble yeah, now, so Steve. You'll grab the win. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with it that. It does though. feel it does feel a little bit that to me doesn't quite follow on from what we tend to have seen in these playoffs. If Cam Young does win it, it does tend to be super super elite winners. But I, there's no way I. This, yeah. If Cam Young's fighting it out with with guys at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday, it's not going to be a huge surprise, is it? Not going to be a huge surprise. What what do you, what are your guys' feelings over and above that? My next selection is at sixty to one. So, are you, can you fill in between for the listeners? Yeah, I've only I've not backed anyone right at the top of the market. The only one I've backed in that kind of mid bracket is Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, I think he, he he made a decent recovery last week and that kind of caught my eye. Um, opened with a 71 and then shot 66, 65, 69 to finish in a tie for 13th, um, having been close to uh, close to missing the cut after the first round, certainly, um, which um, wouldn't have been ideal. Um, bang in the middle now in terms of getting through to the... Um, in, in terms of getting through to Eastlake, sitting in 19th spot. So that shouldn't be an issue. It's more about pushing on from here. It's a President's um, Cup, Paul. None, none of these internationals and and top US players will want to be taking their foot off the pedal, will they? Mm-hmm. They want to be peaking no. for the Prez Cup. Absolutely, yeah. And, and his, his numbers look good last week as well. I mean, you take mm-hmm. that first round aside, even with that included, he was third for strokes gain approach, mm-hmm. 11th for strokes gain tee to green last week. Um, quite a capable guy. I mean, the 40 to 1, I thought, given that you're really struggling to to pull a differential out of any of those guys at the top of the market, um, quite happy to take an each-way price on him um, as a decent mid-price kind of punt yeah, instead. That's a decent um, I've got one. I've got one that's a bit longer, but um, Barry, you got any others that are mid kind of level? Oh, but just before I say this, Steve, you have to promise to not jump on this bandwagon because I'm also backing Neiman, so please don't jinx us. 
stay i'll pay you like extra points to stay away so it gets done here's my data analyst sitch scenario on him if you actually cum up last five years bermuda bermuda performances and bent grass performances i've got nine points for wacky on bermuda i've got 23 on bent grass Mm. of which 13 of those are on pure bent. Yep. And, of course, he, he won his first event, didn't he, at um, Old White TPC. That's green. that Big greens, bent grass greens, and in Virginia, so not far away from here, West Virginia. Mm. And also he won this year, didn't he, on bent power over in um, Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Neiman, yeah. yeah. Genesis, yeah. Yeah. Get that. Yeah, I can see him going well. He was also a contender a few years ago, wasn't he? In, in this, in Chicago. Mm. Now this is, yeah, yeah. Neiman's a great, a great punt. So you don't want me to throw a couple of pound each way on him? <laughs> I'll, 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 you I'll know pay. that I'm going to be doing that as soon as this podcast ends. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, maybe I'm one. Not, of, I'm not missing it. Maybe one of these times, lightning will strike, and the three of us will actually be on somebody. That was quite. A, I mean, at the end of the day, when they're when they're squeezing so hard at the top end, there's there's always going to be value, isn't there? There's always going to be value lower down, and Neiman does kind of jump out in that mid range. I mean, would you rather yeah. take Wacky Neiman right now or Jordan Spieth? I mean, it's not even a question for me. You, you take Neiman all day long. Spieth seems to be de peaking for the Presidents Cup. So yeah. Don't know. You're getting Neiman at a better price than Bob Kim. Tom Kim. Bob Kim. Tom Kim. I'm going to call you a... He's Bob yeah, Kim, just He's him, Bob just Kim on Bob this podcast. Steve, yeah. I don't care if I'm right, just, wrong just or whatever. Just call him Bob. Everyone will know a, you were talking It's about. only a nickname. It might change to Bob next week if I keep talking about him as Bob Kim. <laughs> anyway, Tom Kim, yeah. Okay, so you're on Neiman. I've, I, I've actually gone for Adam Scott. I mean... I'm I'm wiping my brow here. Does he have extended place terms or like was well I'm, was his place I payout better than a post-it win? note where it's never back him anywhere on any Unless. kind of bet or it's kind of never back him at a short price because he never wins but at an each way price he's not a bad pun. That's the reason I backed him sixty to one. I thought for a top eight each way. That's. Decent on Scott, who's in decent nick. Um, I still think these President's Cup rankings as something to play with all this. Because all of a sudden, you had Scott last week, who was in the last automatic qualification spot for him woman's team. And he said afterwards, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have to take one of those captain spots for Trevor. Because he's got me in the team. So for me to not be in the team as an automatic, would have created trouble because I'm taking up someone else's spot. And all of a sudden, lo lo and behold, he's finished his fifth. I just think now he's so close to getting back to the Tour Championship and he hasn't been there since 2019. I don't see Scott taking his foot off the pedal. I think he'll keep that momentum going. And I know that Adam Scott won't win, but I could see him in that lead front page of that leaderboard on Sunday. And all of a sudden, oh, Adam Scott's qualified for his... 12th appearance at Eastlake, which, you know, for a 42-year-old is a decent performance, isn't it? 
So I thought Scott was one to follow this week. And you do see this in these. You do see momentum players, players that can that can link Northern Trust, BMW Championship, and they then write themselves a huge check at the Tour Championship. Mm. And I think I think Scott's that man this this year. The other thing I noted with him, Mid Atlantic region, so Maryland, Pennsylvania. He won at TPC Avenel in two thousand and four. He's had a second and a third at Congressional, which is Maryland. He's also finished third at Aronomink, which is Pennsylvania. So he loves the agronomy in this relatively small section of the Mid-Atlantic from a United States perspective. So, yeah, Scott, 60 to 1. I've got, again, bet three, six, five, eight places each way on their each way extra facility. I think Adam Scott could be making his 12th East Lake appearance at the end of the BMW Championship. The other one I went for, and again, you you look at leaderboards at the BMW, and I saw I saw Wacky Neiman a few that 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 Wacky that um, top four finish he got at the BMW two years ago. He was a hundred and fifty to one, mm. and you just look back. How the hell was Wacky Neiman hundred and fifty to one? But it's you know it's two years ago. It's twenty four months ago. Things move on. And I just looked down the rankings and I was just looking through and, you know, you could make a case for Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon making a late burst to get into the President's Cup team. I think he's only 100 and some odd points now behind Cam Young in 12th. Harmon, a Sea Island guy. Davis Love, the captain, a Sea Island guy. Could there be a scenario where he can squeeze one of his local guys into the team? If Harmon goes well this week, there's a huge case for Harmon to make the Pres Cup. I'm not saying he should, but there's a case for it, especially with Davis Love, the captain. But I looked down that list and I thought, who in 12, 24 months' time is a name there that you think is going to be the best player in that region of the standings moving forward? And I came up with Sahith Tigala. I think the guy is going to be phenomenal. I think Tigala's definitely going to be a top 25 player in the world 24 months down the line. And it's one of those things where I reckon you go back on the spreadsheet two years ago, oh, bloody hell, Sahith Tigala finished fourth. He was 80 to one. So that's why I'm on Tigala. I just, I like the way he plays. He's driving the ball nicely at the moment. I, I think this could be a real driver's course. The targets, the fairways look kind of moderate. They don't look, they're not bombers. It's, this isn't a bomber's golf course in terms of the width the fairways. But I think if you, again, as ever, if you can hit it straight, especially with some of these very short par fours, if you can hit it a long way and straight, you're going to be accessing birdies. Tigala drove the ball really well last week. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm on him at 80-1. to 1. Again, we bet three, six, five, eight place each way on the each-way extra facility on Tigala, who, at 27th in the standings, can almost... Almost touch that tour championship qualification spot, which I think for someone of his ilk, who's 58th in the world right now, to get into the tour championship as a rookie, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. As I said, Cam Young, he's a definite at 13th in the standings, rookie. Tom Kim, 25th, pretty safe in the standings, rookie. Davis Riley, 26th, what a year Riley's had. 
not so safe. And Sahita Gala at 27th, he's really got to put in a decent week this week. Otherwise, he won't make the Tour Championship. So, yeah. So, those are my four. Tigala, 80 to 1. Scott, 60s. I've got Colin Morikara at 22 to 1. And John Rambo Ram, 14 to 1. Those are my four for the BMW. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Mm. I'm looking forward to this far more than I am the... the betting fiasco that we face next week at the Tour Championship, which I still haven't got my head around after three years. <laughs> yeah, I've got no best, idea what to do at that Tour Championship. It's, from a betting perspective, it's just a huge turn-off. Yeah. Even the 72-hole market is a bit of a... You know, you get a tie for it last year, didn't you, which um, isn't isn't the best. Um, going back to Ram, of course, you've got the nappy factor element with him as well, haven't you? As soon as they uh, welcomed in their second baby boy... Um, a week or so back, didn't they? I have so, no uh, idea. As I said, I, I was yeah. I was in the, I was on the English Riviera. I just kept staring at the sea. I wasn't looking at my phone. <laughs> so I was here. Yeah. Well, that's that's even more positive then. Yep, yeah, yeah, more um, more Chelsea players that he's named. Uh, I forget Cahill or something they call him. Um, yeah, I, in, in terms of the outsiders, um, I've backed one. Um, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Lucas Glover, one hundred and fifty to one. Seven places I took. There's a bit more. Um, you can get get a slightly longer price out there if you take less. But given this is only a sixty, what sixty eight man field now, seven places each way seems uh, pretty pretty good to me. Um, loads of focus at the top end of the market. So to get a guy who finished third last week, um, right on the cusp now of making East Lake thirty fourth when you mentioned him earlier in the oh, Phoenix yeah. Cup, real chance of making it. Yeah, he's yeah. only got to have a have a reasonably strong week this week, and he's in. Yeah. What got me, 24 birdies last week, led the field for birdies, first for putting average last week, led the field for putting average. Those with Lucas Glover for a guy who sometimes, oftentimes, struggles to get the ball in the hole, mm. um, those were really noteworthy stats in my view. Last time he made 24 birdies was when he won the John Deere Classic in July last year. Last year. Um, so proven that he can make the birdies and, uh, and score heavily on occasion on these low-scoring um, events fifth at the Sony Open, another low scorer this year. You know, you, you I guess you are riding the fact that he's got to have a good week with that short stick, and if he can ride a hot putter, then he can have another good week. Yeah. I think there's there's more positives with Glover as well. Barry uh, Barry's first comment to me was, "What course do you?" Barry said, "This looks a little like a Beth Page Black, but nowhere near as tough." And of course, yeah, who won the who won the two thousand and nine US Open? Yeah, at Beth Page Black, Lucas Glover. Mm. So he's a winner in the Mid Atlantic region, and also his one of his other wins was Quail Hollow. That's not a million miles away from here. That's not a million miles away from here in North Carolina. So yeah, I think he'll he, yeah he'll get some good vibes playing around these parts. Yeah, yeah. If you can keep that uh, that hot putter going. Which is never a given with Lucas Glover, but uh, he'll finish sixty eighth in the putting average charts this week. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the polar. Which is better than usual, to be fair, but yeah. from a ranking perspective, um, anyway. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. We've seen more and more of these positive putting weeks from him over the last few years. It used to be absolute rock bottom every single week, and uh, it was just, you know you just close your eyes whenever you saw him putting, but. 
he uh, he certainly seems to have done something which is giving him more consistency and uh, you know m- more streaky weeks like last week and hopefully he can have a streaky week this week with the putter. I don't know if he can I don't know if he can mix it at this level. But when you talk to me about bent grass and you talk low scoring Troy Merritt always just sings to me. Mm. I'm seeing Troy Merritt 200 to 1 seven places each way with William Hill. The kind of player who would just backdoor a sneaky, sort of tied sixth, seventh place finish. Yep. There is so much focus at the top end. I think you will find a couple of players that sneak into those each way places at three figure prices. So yeah. Just, right, just finding that right one. Yeah. You, you never know. I ha- I have one. Pluck one out. I have it. I think. Oh, you got it. Tell us. Well, uh, he won a few weeks ago at the Barbasol. He had a good week last week, finishing fifth. In the meantime... Try Mullinax. Yep. And he bangs it out there. It's yeah, a yeah. seven and a half thousand yard course. Why can't... Why, why, just, to one with you in a bit. Yeah, why can't you can keep the hot streak going in the playoffs? You see guys just have a couple of good weeks. So I don't see... Uh, there's nothing there in his recent form that indicates he can't do it again. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. He was... Where was yeah. he... Fifth, where was he in in the top ten in strokes gained approach last week? Just about flat flat for putting, so it was good enough for me for 125 to one with seven places. Huge carrot yeah. this week. Who would have thought three months ago Trey Mullinex would actually make the Tour Championship? Career changing if he does. Yeah, and he, that win at uh, Keene Trace, that, those are bent grass greens. And, of course, that's in Kentucky, which, again, isn't a million miles away geographically from here. Yeah, I like that pun. Who have you backed him with? Uh, I've just, I'm just lining it up here. Uh, but well, you're not doing I'm, it with Paddy Power. They're 80 to 1. No, they're, I'm not. They, they've clocked you. They've, well, Paddy Power are obviously thinking he's uh, Trey Murphy, not Trey Mullinax, and giving him the Irish uh, the Irish haircut on his price. But uh, we, so. he, he must be popular over over your way with the uh, the Irish Euro old Mullinax at eighty to one. That could be it. Yeah, Trey is a very popular Irish name these days. For uh, clearly, for, he's eighty yeah, to one at Boyles as well. Massively, yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going on. The two, uh, the two. Uh, the, Paddy Power and Boyles are out for beers and saying, well, there's no way we're giving triple figures on him. So he's, I'm seeing him at 125, seven places with Sky and William Hill. So I think I'll take the extra place and Betfred as well. Bear with me. I'm just, I'm just checking out each way extra facility. Where have not, they priced him up at Bet365? I'm not seeing the three, I'm not seeing the, the extra market up yet. On the bet three six five. He's a hundred. He's a, he's hundred to one with bet three six five. Eight places each way. On the each way extra. Oh, I couldn't find that market. So yeah, you, you, you'd take the one twenty fives with the sevens, wouldn't you? Mm. Or if you're really brave, you're going to say take the six places each way with Unibet at one fifty. I'll leave it in your capable hands. Is that us done on the BMW Championship, champs? Is for me, yeah. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be a cracker. Um, on to the DP World Tour. Ian Poulter's return. Do, 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 do. Again, who'd, who'd have said six, nine months ago, 
Ian Poulter would be playing the D plus D real Czech Masters at the Albatross Golf Resort, but he is. Yeah. Such are the crazy times we live in. I think he must be must be making a making a point that he will support the DP World Tour, having kind of been the or one of the bad guys over the last few weeks um, with all of this uh, court cases and um, live fiasco. Anyway, yeah, off to Prague. Um, DP World Tour just about managed to scrape together a field of. Well, I'm assuming the field should be 132 this week. Um, we're sitting on about 129, and um, unless they grab a few people off the streets to fill it up, I expect. Well, we, we said off mic, most of them playing over in um, Boise, aren't they, at the uh, Corn Ferry playoffs? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much you guys have gone into the changes to the OWGR system, but um, with these low-grade DP World Tour events, it really has penalised them. So... Um, I, I guess that will be a real turnoff to a lot of the how players. Does, how does last week... I'm Sorry, I, I, I do apologise, listeners. I'm going completely off-piste, but I'm going to ask the question. How would last week's Asian Tour event rank, which had Patrick Reed at it, rank compared to the DP World Tour event in terms of OWGR points? Were they similar? I, no. I, 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 without having the numbers in front of me, um, from what I eyeballed, it was about twice as strong. Um, for memory, the DP World Tour event last week was something like eight or nine points, oh which um, compared to what you used to get for a bog standard, which was what twenty four, I yeah. think, something like that. Jesus, um, it's yeah, it's, it, it, there's going to be ripples going through the whole system on the back of that because you're going to have to win an awful lot of low grade DP World Tour events to even even appear on some of the. Uh, world ranking levels so yeah it's a shame but that's, that's where we interesting because um, i was expecting to see a lot of ryan fox but clearly because we kept saying he was close to a president's cup pick but he has, just hasn't mm. played for three he must have worked out well i could keep winning these events but it's not going to do me any good yeah and it's a very recent change so historically um you've still got the old system but uh, yeah it's um we'll, we'll see where it ends up you know for the bigger events for D, uh, for a BMW PGA championship when there's some big names coming across the numbers will be strong but you know if you're getting a, an event that well with respect to Thomas Peters he's leading the way this week but be, below him it's it thins out really quite quickly so they fund I know the website's changed they fundamentally changed the system of they because it yep, used to be absolutely. capped at a certain level didn't it yep yeah, if you um, check out uh, Nosferatu's on Twitter's uh, feed, there's a lot of information on there and a lot of okay. comparisons and uh, data and analysis, which is well worth getting your head around if you're that way inclined. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's going to that's gonna impact things going forward. On to this week, specifically, Thomas Peters, I just mentioned, is 7-1 to one favourite. Uh, he's the highest ranked player here, uh, twice a winner. So you can kind of see why he's going to be be favourite for this. Victor Perez is playing this week, 16 to 1. Eddie Pepperell's playing 20 to 1. Uh, then you're into the likes of Henny Duplessis, 25s, Richard Mansell, 25s. Laurie Cantor returning, Thriston Lawrence, Sean Crocker, Ian Poulter, all available at 28 to 1. Some quite a lot of variance between bookies. So do shop about when you're looking for your players this week. 35 to 1 bar those eight or so players that I've just read through. Ball Sports Labbrooks Coral, all of them eight places each way, 50 odds. And of course, we've been talking about Bet365. They also have their each way extra. 
proposition up and running for this week. Again, there's an eight places each way, one fifth option available on the Czech Masters this week. Now, we're playing at the Albatross Golf Resort. It's a 7,468-yard par 72. It's a Keith Preston design, opened in 2010. Proper resort affair, really. Wide fairways, gettable far par four, uh, fives. There's four of them. Um, gettable for the longer hitters, at least. Large bent grass greens. Slight altitude here as well, so it does have a slight impact on the overall yardage. Um, but it's still a relatively long course for the DP World Tour, touching or getting close to 7,500 yards. We have got stats back to 2014 when the Albatross made its debut on the tour. Um, they're all on the website this week on the event and, of course, on the combination stats. Looking back at the history, Jamie Donaldson won here in 2014. He was a 12-1 to shot the first time we saw this course. Thomas Peters, 80-1 to in 2015. Paul Peterson pipped Thomas Peters the following year. 250 to 1, Paul Peterson was that week. Hayden Porteous in 2017. We were on Hayden, Hayden that week at 66 to 1. Andrea Pavban at 50 to 1 won in 2018. Thomas Peters won his second event here in 2019 at 20 to 1. No event in 2020 because of COVID. And then, of course, we were back last year. That was Johannes Veerman. He won at 25 to 1. So some reasonable kind of lowish to mid-price winners and um, the one outlier there, Paul Peterson. And in terms of style, there's been a real mix of players here. Um, Peterson and Peters were two very uh, kind of polar opposite players when they were um, fighting it out in 2016 for the title. This week's forecast makes it, well, perhaps it throws a spanner in the works in terms of um, you know, expecting a variety of different players to contend. It has been hot and dry there for a while now over in the Czech Republic, but it looks like it's going to break down potentially from Thursday, from late kind of Thursday afternoon onwards um, with thunderstorms, heavy rain potentially. That could well cause delays. I guess if it's really dry out there and you get a lot of rain in a short period of time, it could cause um, short-term issues. And of course, if there's thunder and lightning, then they'll take the players off the course anyway. Um, if it does arrive, and I've looked at a few forecasts, they all seem to be pretty consistent, but um, you never quite know with thunderstorms. You could miss them altogether, I guess. Um, if it does arrive, then it's likely to soften the course up. That'll make it play longer. That'll play into the hands of the longer hitters, the bombers. Um, and uh, that that kind of veers it towards one way, I guess. If it doesn't arrive, um, that would be a different story. You know, some of the shorter guys, the Paul Peterson types, the you know, Johannes Veerman's not the longest. Um, he's not the shortest either, but uh, certainly not the longest. And uh, in, in that respect, some players could come to the mix. But I think, looking at the forecast, we should expect it to rain. There's not going to be much in the way of wind. Um, once they get back out on the course after any rain, I think it's going to be really quite scorable. <clears throat> Looking at the winning scores from those events that I've read through, 13 under was um, the worst, 22 under was the lowest. So um, somewhere in that region, I think, with no wind, I think with a bit of softness in the uh, fairways and the greens, I think that'll be closer to the kind of 20, 22 under level um, should the rain actually appear this week. Um, we have got some stats for this week. We've got two years worth of uh, strokes gain stats, um, 2019 and 2021. They are a little bit patchy. There were quite a few gaps in there. But even so, if you're looking through the players or the players, the, the eventual winners, it does tell a story. Johannes Veerman was sixth for strokes gain off the tee, 
Thomas Peters was fourth. For, so strokes gain off the tee is good, uh, good indicator. Johannes Veerman was 12th for strokes gain approach and Peters was first. Veerman was third for strokes gain tee to green and Peters was second. So those three long game strokes gained um, measurements they the both of the winners and in fact if you look down the list of those players who finished quite close or closest to Veerman and Peters they generally all had good weeks from off the tee approach and tee to green I think really that's where you need to be focusing your mind this week and certainly that's where I have focused my analysis and efforts this week um what else can you pick out of these players well Four of the last five had a top six finish in one of their last three starts. So some uh, some recent contending form seems to be um, seems to be a good pointer. Um, none, yeah, you know, apart from Peters, who had previously won when he won for the second time in 2019. Apart from Peters, no one had any significant course form. There's lots of either miscuts or debutants from the winners here. So I don't think getting hung up on a previous course history is going to be uh, too much of a too much of a pointer this week. Certainly the course is all in front of players. They can can work it out really quite readily. Um, debutant winners wouldn't surprise me whatsoever here. Um, and players who've played poorly before but are coming in with a bit of form um, potentially going to be the kind of players that you can look for this week. Yeah, for me, boil it all down. It sets up for decent drivers, long drivers. Those who play the par fives well, players who um, excel from off the tee on their approach shots and uh, overall from tee to green. That's kind of the angle that that I've approached with this. Uh, overall, I back five. I can't have Thomas Peters at seven to one. I always struggle with players at that kind of price anyway. But this is his first start for a month. Uh, last time we last time we saw him, um, well, in contention was at the BMW International Open uh, when he lost out to Hao Tong Lee. And we, yeah, that's the kind of thing that can happen in this game, isn't it? You know, a player, even a, a short price favourite, can get uh, get into a, into the mix or into a playoff and then just get pipped right at the end. So I really can't take that. It'd be a win only bet for me on that level, and um, I, I can't go there. Um, I have back two relatively near the top though, both around the twenty five to one or thereabouts mark. Um, the first of whom is Richard Mansell. Now, I got Mansell at 28 yesterday. He's been tipped up in a few places. So right now, Tuesday morning, um, there's a little bit of 25s left. I guess um, looking at the market is going to go off closer to 20 to 1. So if you do fancy Mansell, grab your price sooner rather than later. Um, I talked a little bit about you and Ferguson earlier, and I was pretty gutted that he won last week. And you know, if I look back, the only reason I really lopped him off the list was because of price. And I've been staring at Richard Mansell yesterday. Well, I was staring at him for a while yesterday morning, looking at the price and thinking, can I really take that? And then, you know, reminding myself that I had the same conversation last week. So decided just to suck it up and get on with it and back him. And so that's exactly what I've done. But there's lots to like about him. Eighth at the British Masters, ninth at the Dutch Open, third at the European Open. Um, both of those before he played the US Open and the Open Championship. Um, since then, 20th at the Kazoo Open, 4th last week. And he opened with 71 last week, so he had a lot to do, but um, still did enough to give Ferguson a, a bit of a scare towards the very end. Finished 4th in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, take that opening round away, and he was you know banging contention. 
and statistically, it all adds up with him. 14th for driving distance on tour for the season today. 33rd for par 5 scoring. That's right towards the top echelon of that stat. Second for strokes gained, tee to, or strokes gained off the tee, rather. Those are three very prominent stats that I was looking for, and uh, they fit the bill very nicely with Richard Mansell. 39th here last year. He's in much better nick than he was this time last year. So um, quite happy to take him on at, uh, well, as I say, 25 to 1, the best price that you're getting at the moment. Similar price, um, similar kind of justification also for Henny Duplessis, who's one of these uh, returning live players. Um, coming back to the DP World Tour, you remember Duplessis, he was the guy who finished second in the first of those live events, the one over at uh, Centurion at St Albans, mm-hmm. uh, behind Charles Schwartzel. So having bagged a stack of cash for that, presumably he's not playing for money this week, he must be playing for his own motivational um, needs and desires. So hopefully he's, uh, he's going out there to try and win this golf tournament. Uh but again, if you boil down the, the basics for this, it's a long course, bent grass, a uh, bit of altitude. It should suit many of the South Africans um, anyway. It should suit Duplessis in particular because he's a long player from off the tee, sixth for driving distance for the season to date, uh, tenth for strokes gain off the tee, fifth for strokes gain tee to green, first uh, for par five scoring on tour for the season as well. So again, if you're looking and trying to tick a few boxes for players this week, there was very re- very few reasons to, to ignore him, Duplessis. He's he's on debut this week. Um, and again, from what I just said, there's no particular reason to suggest that course form is a prerequisite here. So, um, yeah, I've plumped for him as well. Two two players at around the 25 to 1 mark. Um, but I think both of them have got a pretty good chance of winning. Another one I think has got a really good chance of winning is Wilco Ninaba. At, uh, well, I, I got him at 35 to 1 on the preview. He opened up yesterday at 50 to 1. He's being tipped by all and sundry from what I can see. I suspect... 25, 28 to 1. That might be the price that he goes off on. A little bit of 33s out there in a moment. Again, if you're listening to this podcast relatively early and you fancy a bit of Wilco, then don't hold on um, because the prices are going to be disappearing rapidly. Um, Easy to see why he's been um, backed so heavily, though. He's first for driving distance on tour, averages just over 327 yards. He's a sight to behold. You you and I saw a bit of him down at... uh, it uh, went with Steve and uh, the power and the length that this guy manages to muster from his wiry frame is, is pretty pretty impressive. Pretty I had impressive no myself. idea who you tipped up on. I'll be honest, honest with you. Didn't I had no idea. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this is a bomber's golf course, always has been. Mm. For me, it's a bomber's golf course. And I was thinking, God, I remember watching that Wilco Niamba at uh, Wentworth with Paul. My God, that bloke can get out of there. And then, then you look Can't at his form. I'm, I'm using, I'm using the combo page on the website. It's like, oh, he's had a seventh recently and a twenty-third last week. I'm all over him like a rash. That's going to be my yeah. tip when Paul asks me. There you go, then <laughs> Wilco Niamba. I'm on. I'm yeah, on. and I. There'll be lots of people on there, and I, I could quite reasonably put him up right at the very top and backed him up by the the two twenty five to one shots. But I've I've done it in kind of a a price order anyway. But he, he really is a strong bet this week. I think, mm-hmm. as you say, yes, yeah, seventh recently. That was at the Hero Open, and um, that was his best finish of the season. He shot sixty one in round two. That was the same score that uh, you and Ferguson shot that week. 
So that's a decent bit of correlating form in terms of uh, a recent very low round. 23rd last week, um, he was fifth after day one. That was a tougher track. This suits much better, I think, particularly if the rain does arrive because that will soften it up and it will make it play into yeah. the hands of the uh, the longer hitters. This guy um, is what... a sight to behold, isn't he, when he plays? Mm. he's un- and the amount of pe- He missed the cut at Wentworth, but the amount of people that were following him just because he's absolutely astronomic driver of the golf ball. Yep. I mean, he was hitting five woods on the par fives, wasn't he? And it was still going like 350. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got the spotters and the, the you know the the, the guys um, you know, keep keeping the uh, keeping all of the, uh, the the viewers or the uh, the the fans to one side and uh, they're, they're just watching these balls fly past them by 20, <laughs> 30, 50 yards and they're like, well, no one's hitting them anywhere near this position in the past. I'm yeah. in serious danger. So uh, yeah, yeah it, it he, was, fits, uh, he fits this golf course like a hand in a glove, mate. Yeah, I think so. He has played once, um, played uh, back in 2019, finished 51st, but he was 14th at the halfway stage that week. Mm. Much more experienced now. I mean, he's only 22, so he was playing when he was, what, 19 back then. Much more experienced, um, prime and ready for a first DP World Tour win, I think. So, yeah, grab your price on Wilco and uh, let's see how he goes. Um, a little bit further down, two more at longer prices. Gavin Green, I back to 80 to 1. Um, again, he's been tipped in a few places. 66 to 1's out there at the moment. Another long hitter. He was third here on debut back in 2018. He was first round leader that week. He was also first round leader the following year as well. So um, he might be a good one to look at when the tee times come out if he gets a, an amenable tee time for first round leader. Seems to be finding some former late as well. 26th for the Kazoo Classic. He was second for Greens in regulation that week, second for Strokes Gain Approach. He was second last week in Singapore. Um, he led the field for scrambling. He was fourth for putting. And of course, that, that we've just mentioned the Singapore event. That was quite a, a, quite a strong event with some decent uh, household names further down the list. Um, and it took a 15-foot a putt on the final hole for him to eventually lose that event last week. So playing some decent stuff. I think if he puts it all together uh, this week, then he could well um, he could well go well. Um, finally, the other one I've taken a chance on was Borja Verto, who um, finished second last week. I took 100 to 1, eight places each way with Bet365. Seems to be the best option that's out there right now as I'm reading through the, uh, the or looking through the uh, the prices that are available Tuesday morning. Second last week, as I said, um, that came pretty much out of the blue for Borja Verto. Previously, his previous six DP World Tour starts, all of them missed the cut. He had been playing well on the Challenge Tour, though. Four top eight finishes in his previous seven starts. So there was some good underlying form there if you looked at some of the lower grade stuff that he'd been doing. Seems like a streaky sort as well. He won twice in quick succession in the Alps Tour back in 2014. He won twice again um, in relatively quick succession on the Challenge Tour the year after. Um, not a great deal since, but that last week, um, that was you know, that was either a complete flash in the pan, or there's something that suggests that he might um, might go again, you know, go go well this week, or go well again in the near future. Stats look good for last week: four for driving distance, seventh for accuracy, second for greens and regulation, eighth for putting. That's a, pretty much a full house in terms of his uh, statistical performance last week. I thought hundred to one. Um, I'll just take him and, and, and see if he can continue his, uh, 
his performance from last week. We shall see. Um, just to recap then, Borja Verto, 100 to 1. Gavin Green, uh, 66s now. Wilco Ninaba, uh, 33 is the best you'll get out of there right now. Henny Duplessis, 25 to 1. And my top tip, <laughs> brain's gone completely wrong. Um, Richard Mansell, 25 to 1. Who, You're on uh, holiday, Paul. We forgive uh, you. Brain's just completely addled. But yes. There's, there's my five. Any any names from you, Barry? Anyone catch your eye? Steve, I'm willing to make a, an offer of a trade. Uh, if, if I can join the Wilco Nienaber, um bet, you can join the Joaquin Neiman bet. Does that sound acceptable? I've got acceptable? an announcement to make. You've already backed him. I've, I've, just, I've just put £2 each way on Wacky Neiman at 33 to 1 with bet oh. 365 each way extra. Okay, well, Wilco's getting my money as well then. I'm not, yeah. missing, I'm not missing out on the choo-choo train bandwagon. <laughs> no, no so yeah that that's the deal yeah other, otherwise I just otherwise I'm yeah sorry before I go to say I don't have any other bets what were you going to say there Paul I was going to say yeah perhaps perhaps the game then boys is to do a, a Wilco and Joaquin each way double and uh, that's see it can, see the other each way double one. I'm interested in is Thomas Peters and John Rowe I might have a little each way double cross Cross Atlantic, transatlantic double on Peters and Ra. Mm. I could see both of those at least challenging on yeah. Sunday. Oh, you'd expect Peters to be in the mix, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. You know, sometimes the- you get this on the DP World Tour, don't you? You get that seven to one shot, like a Matt Fitzpatrick at Valderrama or something, just a player that's clearly better than the rest actually delivers. And at yeah. this golf course is Thomas. Thomas Peter Veal, isn't it? It's just, it could yeah. be his back garden room. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's, 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 he's, yeah. he's um, either missed the cut or he's in a head-to-head shootout with Wilco. Then, Take I, can, a then I can't go wrong if I've got both covered. <laughs> and then John Rahm will miss the cut. But anyway, those are my thoughts. Splendid. One last question before we go. You are the Rory McIlroy whisperer, Barry. Where, where do you think he's at, the favourite this week? Do you think that Open Championship situation has taken a bit out of him, wind from his sails, or do you think he'll come flying back? It's it's really hard. I mean, yeah, I, I wish I knew. I, th- mm. I, th- I, th- I think he'll start kicking into gear. Yeah, this is the place uh, to do it, isn't it? This, or or at least I hope to get, get yourself in that pole position for next week. There was another course that this kind of visually reminded me of, or just kind of popped in my head, was um, Congressional. Mm. So, and it's kind of, you know, it's not a million miles away from it. I just, no, I know, no, I know it was 2011, but just visually I went, you know what, that kind of feels a little bit like it. So I was dipping back into the leaderboard back then um, to see if I could unearth a, a long shot nugget or two. But, you know, that's 11 years ago. So Rory was the only real standout one there. I think, yeah, Lucas Glover might have gone okay, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe there's a small little thread there that can connect it all up, all up the dots. It's not like Rory's had a bad year, is it? No. Far from it. I think if if Rory doesn't do anything in this FedEx Cup, he'll certainly pick up a title 
in the fall somewhere. I think that's us, Jack, chaps. I'll, I'll, I'll say one last thing before we, we close the show. We are on 235 five-star reviews on Spotify. So if you do listen to this podcast on Spotify, can you please press the five-star button? That's all you've got to do, press the five-star button. And uh, it'd be great to see us crash through 250 of those bad boys before next week's show. Um, thanks for your time, Boys, I hope your bets go well. I hope you have a safe return back to the UK, Paul, when your holiday yep. is over. Thank you. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Good luck, boys. Good luck to the listeners. We'll be back next week. See you soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more because it's the golf betting system the golf betting system is the golf